Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Welcome back. I have a good one for us today. You probably wouldn't be surprised if I told you that during my time as a financial advisor, there were tons of people who called me, who weren't my client yet, that had disastrous credit. How could that be? Did no one ever sit down with them to warn them about that? Uh, yeah, obviously not. So the next time your credit card statement arrives in the mail or in your inbox, why don't we use that as a trigger to have this conversation on, drumroll please, credit scores. Okay, what's a credit score? It's really just a numerical representation of what's called your credit worthiness. Sounds very elitist, doesn't it? It's like a financial grade that lenders use to evaluate risk. And the question of why should your kids care? They should care because it really has an impact on financial milestones. Those are things like renting an apartment, buying a car, or even getting a mortgage. These credit scores affect loan interest rates, meaning the higher scores can mean lower rates. And the credit that they have or don't have uh, affects things like insurance premiums and even job opportunities in certain sectors. I want them to think about this as their financial passport. In the financial world, it can either open doors or close doors for them. Understanding and managing their credit is going to be a key step in their financial empowerment and independence. So let's jump in and talk about how do you have this conversation. So let's start by me giving you the factors influencing loan terms. I'm going to start with a technical version of it, and then I'm going to give you, let's call it the kid version of it. A credit score is this key factor in determining interest rates and loan approval. And what's included in that are things like your income to debt ratio, paying back your loan through your current debts and also what you have coming in from income. Then what's going to calculate into this is going to be the loan amount and any collateral that you have. The collateral is super important because it gives the lender safety that if you can't pay the loan, they can get it something. Then there's the loan type and the purpose. So different loans, whether they're educational or personal or mortgages, they have varying terms for that. Economic conditions play into it. You can remember 2008, where it was really hard to get any credit. Uh, lender policies, meaning each bank will have their own lending practices and policies. And then the loan duration. The loan duration is just like it sounds. The longer term loans might have different interest rates compared to the shorter ones. Of course, relationships come into this, so the borrower might have relationships with the bank. And then don't forget about market competition. Usually, you want to go to one or two banks before you actually take out a loan to compare the interest rate that you're getting with it. So too happens in any geographic area where banks are trying to compete for business. That could affect the loan rate you're paying if bank A is charging 4% and bank B is charging 10%, you know you're going to go with the 4% loan. So now, how do you take that complexity and really just make it a little bit easier for the kids? You know I love things that stick in their brain. And what you're going to call this is the four C's of credit. C as in credit, so the four C's. And what are the four C's? Collateral, capacity, capital, and character. So let's just briefly go through what each of those are. 
collateral. Those are just assets or property that you offer up to secure the loan. And it just provides that safety net for lenders in case there's a default. Capacity is one's ability to repay the loan. This is going to be based on income, employment history, uh, existing debts that they already have. The third C is capital. This is your personal investment in a project or asset, which really plays into it. Uh, It indicates your level of seriousness and financial stability. And fourth, last but not least, just like everything in life, character. A measure of your reliability and your financial responsibility. This is assessed through your credit history, any references that you have, and just your general reputation that you might have with the bank already. Okay, so who gets all this information for the banks? It's the credit reporting agencies. I like to call them the big three. I'm sure there are more than three, but we could just go with three for today. They are Equifax. That's one of the larger credit bureaus, and they provide credit reports and scores. Then there's Experian. And this one you might have had some experience with because they offer uh, identity theft monitoring services in addition to credit reports. And then the third is TransUnion. They provide credit reports, scores, and then some more insight into their consumers. Basically, what this does is the agencies collect and analyze the data based on the four C's, and then they compile this information and they give a credit score and a credit report. The impact that this has, the lenders then use these reports as their report card or your resume to determine, do they want to give you the loan? And if they do want to give you the loan, at what rate? So for kids, I think the way to position this is a credit score is their financial GPA. It's just a measure of their financial responsibility. So similar to how your GPA reflects your academic responsibility, your credit score indicates your financial responsibility. It's calculated from your first interaction with credit, like using a credit card or taking out a loan, to the most recent. For example, I mentioned lower interest rates on credit cards. That could lead to significant saving over time. Just like handing in your homework on a regular basis and doing a great job will give you a better grade in classes like that, so too is making consistent, timely payments, building a strong credit score. So you're probably sitting there wondering, well, what is the score ranking and what makes a good score versus a not so great score? Well, it ranges from 300 being the lowest to 850 being the highest credit score. Now, I'm not quite sure why they didn't just start at zero. I feel like this everyone wins a trophy, so you get 300 points just by living on this planet. But okay, I digress. The score 300 is not good. In fact, very bad would be anywhere from 300 to about eh, 560, 570. That indicates to the bank or the lender, this person is a significant risk. Then you start to creep up the scale and you get from, let's say, 580-ish to maybe 670. That's below average, which means lenders, just be cautious. Then there's this fair range, and that goes from 670 all the way up to 740, near or slightly below average. I think most banks would consider this acceptable. Now let's get to good. Good would be anywhere from 740 to about 800. That's above average, and lenders are viewing this very favorably. And last but not least, excellent. That's going to have you in the range somewhere from 800 all the way up to the top score of 850. It demonstrates exceptional financial responsibility. To give you a feel of 
how this plays out, the average scores of Americans are usually in the mid 700s. Excellent scores, which for this conversation, it's 800 and above, that's going to be about 20% of Americans. And to make you feel better, parents, I almost always pay my bills on time. That bill comes in and I can't wait to get it back out in the mail to them. I do not have an 850 credit score. It might be perfect in my mind. The credit agencies, though, they don't think I'm perfect. What makes up this credit score? Like, what are the components? It really comes down to five things. First is going to be payment history. This makes up over 35% of the score. That's a third. It's the most significant factor. It includes your track record of paying bills on time. The next will be your credit utilization. That's 30% of the score. Again, almost a third. This is your ratio of your current debt to your total available credit. The lower utilization rate that you have, the better your score. So it's kind of good to be offered a lot of credit, but not use it. They look at that favorably. Third is the age of the credit. Now that makes up about 15% of the score. The average age of your credit accounts is what calculates this. Older accounts can positively impact your score. Then there's new credit that makes up 10% of the score. This is the frequency of opening new accounts and recent credit inquiries. Well, that's not a shock. If you're opening up more credit recently, of course, they're going to bat an eye and say, hmm, I wonder if there's a problem with this person. Too many new accounts in a short time lowers your score. And last but not least, your credit mix. That makes up about 10% of the score. It's the variety of the credit types, whether it's a credit card or an auto loan or mortgages. A diverse mix can positively influence that score. Okay, parents, that's enough of this conversation with your kids. Anything more, I would consider overdoing it. But don't shy away from this conversation, even if your score isn't the greatest. There's nothing that we wouldn't do for our kids and that includes being totally honest and transparent. If you know it will inspire them to have good or better credit habits than you had. Until next time, enjoy the conversation. I hope you enjoyed our episode of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.